0: Coming up, the Wednesday edition, the midweek version of Astrological Metaphysical Radio, so don't go away. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Mallaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk, Alternative. Hello Southern California, welcome to the Astrology Hour, another exciting edition. Today we have a hot topic for you, following our topic on astrology and sexuality yesterday. Today we are going to talk about astrology and karma in relationships. So I think this is definitely a vital topic, especially for those of us ...that are trying to wade through understanding why we are the way we are when it comes to relationships. And also letting you know that you're alright no matter what you are, how your planets are aspected in your chart. So today is going to be a very interesting show as far as looking at the natal aspects concerning karma in the individual... ...as far as how they will relate to the world. Okay? And uh, also, there's no such thing as a bad chart... There's no such thing as a cursed chart. Uh, of course, some people have more free-flowing relationships and others don't, you know, but uh, the ones of us that are meant to learn about life and become teachers and share information on relationships are the ones, of course, that may have a bit more karma with ourselves as far as lessons to be learned. So definitely a show to record, Karma and Relationships, on today's Astrology Hour. I get interesting mail. I really do get interesting mail. It's funny how we get an assortment of letters and then, We occasionally get people that bombast me for my supposedly ego projections. I try as much as I can to be happy and to project optimism and confidence. I'm human and I have my moments and I'm not claiming to be God or a guru or Jesus Christ or perfect, but some people think I should be (laughs) either perfect or claim to be, and they send me these articles cut out of the Inquirer or whatever that give me information as to why I'm doing the show all wrong and why I'm. I'm being too conceited or selfish or whatever. Hey, I'm just me. I'm a Leo. And of course, I have my friends and I have my associates. I have a lot of support. I'm trying to live a healthy, happy, sober lifestyle. And I'm trying to be as open-minded and philosophical as possible. But I never do claim to be perfect. And I'm sure that I'm not going to please everybody all the time. And once in a while, one letter out of a couple of hundred will come in (laughs) where people are trying to tell me what's wrong with me. You know, frankly, I don't even bother reading these letters because I can feel the vibration. So, I just tear them up and toss them. So save yourself some writing time or write your congressman instead. But uh, still, like I say, I'm not claiming to be the bottom line expert. I'm not claiming to be perfect. And maybe my Leo ego does shine once in a while, but at least I'm happy and I do work on high self-esteem, even though I had problems in both those areas in my former life. I think one of the reasons why I'm here today is that I constantly concentrate on trying to reflect high self-esteem and happiness. Of course, the Scorpio moon does seep through and people do sense a deep depression or loneliness or sadness, and I'm human like anybody else, so I'm bound to be lonely and depressed sometimes just like anybody else. So if you're psychic and you sense that in me, congratulations. <laughs> you, you just discovered the humanity in Farley Malleris. Let's talk about karma and relationships now. Everyone is interested in karma, usually if they're into the New Age or metaphysics or whatever. At least I know I am very much interested in it. And I have discovered along my path of evolution and enlightenment that there are certain key areas we can look at and look into in a birth chart to understand the karma that we have within our soul, within our immortal soul, that we have that produces certain situations in our life that help catalyze growth and help absolve debts from past vibrations sent forth. Now, I don't know if you know what karma is, but in my definition, in my opinion, there's only one source of light, there is only one God energy in this universe, and the karma spews from the center of that source and we as individual cellular creative particles of this force are the producers of this vibration. We have a choice in our free will choice to either send out a positive vibration, which returns a positive energy called a dharma, or we can send out a negative vibration, which returns a negative energy to us, which is called karma, in my opinion. So basically, there's no such thing, in my opinion, in case I ever say, well, you have karma with this person, what I will always mean is the only karma you ever have is with yourself. And other people that you attract or create or manifest in your lives are what we call karma catalysts, are people that will serve as a major experience in your life that will help you plug in to a positive, powerfully, what I would say, a powerfully positive instinct that will help you absolve the lesson that you are confronted with and then go on to the next step in your life, the next rung, in the growth of evolution. See, all karma has a positive effect because if you're smart, what you'll do, just like taking a multiple choice test, if you make a mistake on the test, you are usually reminded of what the right answer is. Somehow, some way, the symbolism of life returns to you the correct move, the correct action, the correct word, the correct thought. So we are always given the opportunity to absolve any negative situation or crisis in our life. As long as there's life, there's hope. Now, when it comes to relationships, it seems that The vehicle that we absorb at birth, the astrological vehicle we absorb at birth is designed to give our soul a particular instinct in this current body's reflection that we inhabit, that that houses our soul, right? It gives us a particular instinct that will attract us to a certain type of individual or certain types of individual. For example, if you're an oriental man and you tend to seem to focus on uh, being more attracted to oriental women and perhaps white women, then that is possibly because you are an oriental man and the planets that you absorbed at birth in your natal chart would encourage you or instinctively propel you to be attracted to certain types of individual. So it's not an accident that if perhaps if you're at a social function or a party that you might be attracted to a certain type of appearance in a girl or a certain religion or a certain race, creed, or a philosophical background in a person because this vibration that you absorbed at birth, the vehicle that you absorbed in your brain, has created certain patterns where you feel it necessary to be attracted to certain particular individuals. Well, not always what we are attracted to on the beginning uh, uh, instinct is what I would say would be a stable vehicle for continuous commitment in a relationship. you understand that? Like you may have a T-square on your Venus or a T-square on your Mars in your chart and always be attracted to people that would eventually be totally wrong for you, which is definitely what we call in astrology a nomadic aspect or a wandering aspect when you appear to be searching for what you think you need, but you always are attracted to that which is wrong for you. So you're constantly being shown the lesson and the karma of what is inside of you are a reflection of your own past self, which you must learn to love and embrace and either stay with because you love it so much or absolve and bless in peace and send on its way. One thing I do love about karma is that if you were a jerk in a past life and if you were into heavy rejection, Are heavy emotional games, or if you were even into rape, or just total abuse of your partner, whether it's mentally, physically, or, say, psychologically, emotionally, whatever. If you're into total abuse of a partner, then you come back in this lifetime, and logically, the absolution of this type of energy that was sent forth would create in your chart a vehicle that would attract these sort of entities to you over and over again, So you could get a clear reflection of what you yourself were like in a past life. Isn't it funny that we get into relationships and people call me on the phone or they come into my office for a consultation. They say, Farley, I know this person is totally wrong for me. They yell at me, they scream at me, they cheat on me, they abuse me, they give me infections, and I know they're promiscuous and this and that. And really, what you're looking at is a reflection of your own past self. And oftentimes we see in the chart, like I say, if you're either a woman who is heterosexual or a gay man, we focus on Mars in the natal chart. Or if you are a heterosexual man or a gay woman, we focus on the Venus in the chart. And if we find squares or oppositions to the Venus or to the Mars in either one of those situations, then we do find patterns and cycles where we keep attracting this similar reflection of our own negative selves from past lives. And you know what? We always start off loving this reflection. We always start off loving the person that eventually cheats on us, betrays us, lies to us, steals from us, will just lambast us psychologically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, right? And play these sexual games, play these love games. And isn't it funny how so many of us cannot let go of this? It's like there's something inside of us that says, well, even though I'm being tortured, I can't let go of it. I'm being sort of sadistic or masochistic about the whole thing because a higher part of yourself is saying, yes, experience this negative energy because this is a clear symbol, a clear example of the way you were and maybe you still are, in a current life, because isn't it funny that many times, if we are liars, or cheaters, or rejectors, or dejectors, or emotional ball players, or whatever, and we do attract these animals in our lives that we feel are totally wrong for us, we turn around and see ourselves doing the same exact thing. We end up maybe participating in a triangle without letting the other person know it. Meanwhile, they're in another triangle without letting us know it. A lot of times, if you do think you can cheat on your mate, or lie to them, or reject them, or get away with murder, you're not. Because on the other hand, so many times they're doing the same exact thing to us on the other side of the fence, and they don't think we know it. Even though the higher self and the God self knows all, you get away with nothing when it comes to karma in this dimension. Of course, when you're looking at people that have more trines and more sextiles on their Venus or Mars, respectively, then you're looking at people that, in my opinion, can be more karma-free. That doesn't mean you're going to be void of karma, because even though you are born natally with trines and sextiles on your Venus and Mars, which could reflect a more stable vehicle in relationships and past lives, you're still constantly going through these transits, (laughs) right? Where the planets in the sky will be squaring and opposing your Venus and Mars, which will impel you to make a negative choice and to incur negative karma, sort of blow your relationship karma. That's why a lot of these people that have trients and sexals on their Venuses and Marses, and they don't settle down, they don't make commitments, they end up playing the field, and they end up creating all these negatives. Well, guess what? You're going to come back in your next lifetime with a T-square or a grand square on your Venus and Mars and really be in the pudding. That's why I say it is best to embrace your chart, whatever your planets are, whatever your aspects are, and if you happen to be in a life cycle this lifetime where you are meant to be shown specific lessons, specific reflections of your own past selves, don't kick yourself for attracting a jerk in your life. Embrace that jerk as a reflection of your own past self, a vibration that you yourself exactly Maybe in detail we're like, or may even be like now without knowing it. And absolve this being, absolve this relationship with peace and love, even though they may hurt you, or rip you off, or steal from you, or reject you, or deject you. If you do have a feeling for them at all, then bless them with peace. I think the mistake that we all make is we project too much hate. And hate is a negative vibration that comes back to you. It's a karma, that's right. So it's like the lesson of Christ when he was being nailed to the cross, right? love your crucifier and you can't lose. (laughs) Because if you love your crucifier, then you will definitely be absolved of the sin or of the negative vibration. If Christ went to the cross hating the people that nailed him to it, then he'd probably have to come back in his human form again, (laughs) not as God. Interesting stuff, this topic, relationships and karma. And we're going to look a little bit further in it today, off today's show, because I want you to zero in on specific areas in your chart, whether they're relationships or not, knowing that squares and oppositions in your chart Are aspects that your soul absorbed at birth that tells us certain areas or lessons that you must learn. Isn't it funny? I personally embrace and identify the sextals and trines as good deeds that were done in past lives and positive energy or ease or comfort that we bring with us in oncoming lifetimes and current lifetimes. But when I see squares and oppositions, this is what makes us human. (laughs) This this is why we're here. Only very rarely have I seen a chart void of squares and oppositions, and even. If there is a chart like that, the person still has to go through transit squares and oppositions. So you might be born in this planet close to karma-free, but it doesn't mean you can get out of here karma-free if you make mistakes during a particular life cycle. It's like going out of the nunnery, right, and into New York City for a few weeks. And even though you were pure and innocent when you left the nunnery, you come back totally abused, totally maladjusted as far as some of the experiences you went through that can coax you into the dark side. So Even though you come into this dimension sometimes karma-free, you can still absorb or project a negative force and create the karma. Anyway, astrology, in my opinion, in the natal chart, is sort of like a map of karma for the current life cycle. And if you are interested in figuring out more about your karma and perhaps learning more about these terms like squares and oppositions, trines and sextals, which actually are geometrical aspects, triangular aspects that exist between the planets with the Earth focused in the middle, And depending where the planets are at your birth, you each have your own personal aspects that stay with you your whole life. These are called birth aspects or natal aspects, and these aspects are very important to know and understand in order to delineate your karma and your dharma and to understand why your life is the way it is. It's kind of like taking the blindfold off and giving you some answers finally. This is Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the Astrology Hour, weekdays at 12 noon on KFOX. 93.5 FM. This is an advanced radio show for people interested in enlightening themselves along the lines of astrology and metaphysics. So thank you in spiritual awareness, open-mindedness, the search for further truth. Thanks for your support. It keeps us on the air. You know, there's relationships are complicated, and we are all so unique. It is like we are all from different planets. It is very difficult to find a planet that you feel comfortable with. That's why many of us are in a never-ending search for the perfect mate, the Miss Wright, Mr. Right, are close to something that will be easier for us to live with, in which case we may choose to eventually get married. There are so many things we look at in a natal chart to try to discover why we can be unstable or imbalanced or why we can keep attracting the wrong people to us. Why is it some people always attract people that are into drinking or into drugs or the smoker or someone that is into rejection all the time or lying or cheating? It's like some people have these patterns. Once in a while you'll find someone who is a virgin or someone who hasn't been with that many partners or someone that even though they have been with a lot of partners, they finally mellowed out and stabled off. It's definitely hard for you to design who you want, but I think the best way to find a relationship is to create a more stable vehicle unto yourself. I think the mistake that some people make is that their ego is so strong that they think they're perfect. And then when they're around mates that are not perfect in their opinion, then they start putting them down and criticizing them. As far as I can see, relationships start at home, in your own heart. And if relationships are going to work, it's going to be because of your own high level of self-love and self-esteem that is reflected upon your mate, and also because you are aware of your own inequities, of your own faults, and that you are always working to evolve, correct them, and absolve any personal karma you might have with yourself and the world. I mean, you never have karma with the other person. Even if you attract somebody who might be a reflection of a negative side of your past self, they can change if you change inside. Because a lot of times, you act as the catalyst that creates the negative stimulation that they propel upon you. And that's where the uncomfortableness comes from. There's all kinds of things to look at in a natal chart. You can have planets in the seventh house under stress, right? Any planets in the seventh house under square and opposition, well, we're always creating monsters in our lives because we're a monster, <laughs> and we project that upon our mates. And you might have squares and oppositions on your Venus or Mars. You might have squares and oppositions on your Uranus. Or the Lord of your seventh house, if you can find that. If you can find the Lord of your seventh house and find out that that has squares and oppositions on it, all of the above will always pronounce the possibility that you yourself are an unstable vehicle. So in your insecure quest for perfection, you always attract other insecure vehicles. You know what really bothers me? What I really find out, actually nothing bothers me. Well, some things, but (laughs) what I do find out is that people that try really hard to look beautiful People that try really hard to pump the yarn, and to wear the makeup, and to jog, and to be anorexic, to work to make sure their bodies are perfect, and their faces, and their hair, and everything is sheeny. And you see all these actresses, and actors, and model types, and athletes, and you think to yourself, boy, would I really have like to have a body like that, or even in my bedroom, if I could have somebody like that in my bedroom, wouldn't that be fun? And in my experience, a lot of times, I find some of the more beautiful people in the magazines, and in the books, and on the movies, and in TV, The ones that look beautiful on the outside are the ones that are the most screwed up and have the most karma with themselves and relationships on the inside. A lot of times somebody that is a bit more wholesome in appearance, maybe not that much hair or not as beautiful hair on top, maybe a little pronounced nose, maybe a little pronounced hips or a little pudge here or there. Now sometimes these people are a little bit more wholesome, but they don't have as much karma with themselves concerning relationships. I find some of the more beautiful people can be the most hung up with themselves the most insecure, even though they are gorgeous, undoubtedly gorgeous, they think they're ugly. They think a quarter inch of fat makes them ugly. They think one blemish on their cheek or on their neck makes them ugly. Give me a break. And a lot of us are conditioned by society to think that we need a beautiful person. Remember that song, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, make an ugly woman your wife. There's a lot of truth in that. I'm not saying that beautiful people aren't good and that there aren't some beautiful people that really are stable vehicles. But in truth, I think the mistake that we make, especially those of us with afflicted planets in our charts that are nomadic and wanderers and always searching for the Miss Right or Mr. Right, is that we go after the appearance. You can't tell a book by its cover. And sometimes a beautiful body or a beautiful face is nothing more than an amazing, incredible trap that weighs you down and pulls you into being obsessed with that body or that face that you're anchored onto. And that's why you're continually unhappy. And then you hang out with the perfect person in your office or in your life, somebody that really is good for you, and you totally ignore them because they don't have that certain look or that certain intellectuality or whatever you think you need to make you happy. You don't know what you need to make you happy. All you really need to make you happy is yourself. And if you are really happy unto yourself, then the right mate will automatically come into your life. And if they don't have the perfect body or the perfect face, it is not for you to judge them because what we're dealing with is the soul. Not the body, which is an illusion of separation, but the essence, the spirit that is that dwells within the individual. When two people make love, it's not their bodies that are joined, it's their spirits that are joined. People make the mistake of being so physical with each other that that's where they keep blowing their karma, and that's why they keep getting involved in these patterns where they can't stay or end up with anybody, because they're disappointed in what they got, in what they had, or in what they want. And I, myself, I'm guilty and responsible for falling in love with a beautiful woman. And a lot of times, I look for more than just the physical. It, what's important to me now is the intellectual, the emotional, and the spiritual. And usually if they have that, no matter how they look, they'll be beautiful to me. You know what I mean? Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. That's what it's about. Heavy topic, huh? Yeah, what the heck? A little karma in relationships once in a while. Let's go to Phyllis, who is a Scorpio Aries rising. Hi, Phil.
1: Uh Hi, Farley.
0: How are you? I'm fine. How about you? Real good. You
1: did my chart, and I have to send for an update, but it included my karmic lesson. Okay. Which leads me to my question today. I'm looking for new directions. wondered if my chart could point me to any. Well, let's see. Look at my birth year, and you'll see I'm no youngster.
0: Oh, you're always a youngster to me, That's kid. the
1: way I feel. I am not old. I refuse to be, and I am not finished.
0: All of our souls are the same age. We're just in different paths of evolution. That's all it is. What do you feel like doing with your life right now? You appear to be a very sensitive, intuitive woman. Well, I just wanted you to see what you see. Well, don't you, aren't you... I am thinking of studying astrology. There you go. I was thinking something metaphysical or or something in the New Age area because you are a very philosophical person and you like to travel and, and you do have lots of knowledge that you could share with people. So I think that would be a good avenue for you to try okay okay thank you thank you bye let's go to monica online four. virgo scorpio rising first time caller hi
2: hi farley
0: did you like that topic monica oh
2: my god i always wondered why i went for animals who swung from trees and hairy
0: <laughs> well maybe you were one once
2: oh boy am i tired of that as you can see i am yeah. all worn out and i've walked out in a relationship packed up and came to back to L.A. in February, and I'm standing here just don't know what to do with myself.
0: Yeah, well, maybe you need to have a relationship with yourself. Then. <laughs> I think so. I think the relationships with ourselves are the most fun. If you can learn to have a good time with yourself, that's what it's all about, you know.
2: I'm sort of a frustrated artist, and I just don't know what's going on in my chart. I've never been this frustrated before.
0: Uh-huh. You mean your career's kind of in the dampers right now? Yeah,
2: uh-huh.
0: And... Well, have you ever had any success along those lines?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I've had lots of success in everything I've in um, you know, gotten into, but now uh, I just don't know where I stand Is which way I should go.
0: Have you been projecting a lot of negative energy these last few years, a lot of worry and stuff? Oh, terrible. So you've really created a new work of art in your life then too, haven't you? Yeah. I think you probably need to get into a regular program of visualization and affirmation because you have so much Virgo and Gemini in your chart that you could become a bundle of nerves and a lot of the negative worries you could have could manifest. You might have to work a little harder to be more confident and positive, I'm aware that from these transits you've had these last six years, you've been probably bombarded quite a bit with lots of changes and lots of letdowns, but there's no reason why you shouldn't make thousands of dollars in the coming years.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: because you, you're having all kinds of trines to your Venus and Virgo from the Capricorn transits, which can be rather exciting for you, okay?
2: Okay, thanks a lot.
0: Good luck, there. Okay, bye. Bye. Let's go over here to Barry, a Capricorn with Taurus Rising. Hi, Bear. Hi. How are you? Um real good. Thank you for calling.
3: Um I was wondering if it's possible to do a compatibility transit.
0: Combatibility transit, okay. For you or for you and another person. Right. Okay. Relationship. Now let's see. You appear to have a Venus trying Mars in your chart. Are you one that goes after a body in an appearance? Somewhat. Somewhat, okay. So you're related to the topic a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is this other person's birthday?
3: Uh their birthday is May thirteenth, nineteen forty five, and they're twenty one degrees Capricorn rising.
0: Okay, and your Taurus rising somewhat melds with that. So May 13th, 45, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, now this person also has Venus and Mars in Aries right on your Mars. Whenever a man's Venus is sitting on a woman's Mars in the same sign, that's like an uncanny sexual factor.
1: Uh-huh. Do you
0: agree that the sex is rather good, or can you share that with us?
3: Yeah, well, i say that's a, a big bond.
0: Okay, so is this a real good place to make a peace in case there is an imbalance?
3: That's about it, too. Yeah,
0: oh, really? So other than the sexual compatibility, there's nothing else then?
3: There is, but there seems to be a lot of conflict. I had a compatibility chart done with you, Uh huh. person, and it really read wonderfully. So I keep looking at the squares and the um, oppositions and wondering why.
0: <laughs> well, he appears to be going through a hard time in his life, and besides, he may have more of an emotional problem than you. Do you feel he's very moody?
3: He's very sensitive, very touchy.
0: And very vulnerable. Right. And sometimes it's a reflection on you, and, and if he's having a hard day, you feel bad about it, and that you don't like to feel like that. Yeah,
3: I start getting a mess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not as spiritually evolved as you either, right?
3: Yeah, I think I don't think he's real open to a lot of new concepts.
0: hmm Well, you know, it's like I say, when you get the Venus-Mars meld, you know, the sex can be good, but there's more to life. You know, you can't have sex all the time, obviously. So, you know, obviously we are lacking strongly in many other areas, Emotionally, perhaps, more than anything else. And especially when he has these bad days, he really does anchor you down. So, you see, your Jupiter is in Libra at one degree, okay? Uh-huh. And it sets off his chart something horrible. It's almost like your enemies. Your Jupiter is square his Saturn in Cancer and is opposed his Mars in Aries and sitting on his Neptune in Libra. So, uh, the Jupiter connection there doesn't make it in the charts. So right now with all these early Capricorn transits, it's an option to break up frankly, so something to think about. Okay? Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Susan on line 2 Aries Libra rising. Hey. Hi Farley. How's the showbiz girl?
3: Done, we finished on Friday, so I'm unemployed right now.
0: You finished the movie? I
3: it went real well.
0: Oh, what was the name of the movie?
3: Tap, T-A-P, with Sammy Davis and Gregory Hines.
0: You got a chart for Sammy? Yeah, I, think. I did. He wanted one. Oh, that's. Has he ever heard the show?
3: Uh, no. He's real busy. Uh uh-huh. huh. Busy, but I turned him on to you. And so, what's what... going on with me? General, kind of a general scan.
0: Well, now that Saturn is backing into Sag tomorrow, and it's coming off the trying to your Venus. Isn't it funny how while it was trying your Venus, and so was Uranus, the money and the career was happening, and now it's backing off within twenty four hours, and suddenly. You're left kind of uh, without anything. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's something to be concerned with because just like your relationships and your career seem to go hand in hand, now that Saturn and Uranus have backed off that trine for a while, you might not be shown as much action or activity in both of those areas for a while. I hope you saved some money in that current yeah, gig. Yeah, I did. Okay, How but
2: long will it be re- uh, retrograde?
0: Well, quite a while. You know, we're not going to see Saturn and Uranus come up to retrine your Venus again until later on this year. We're talking like in the fall, November and December, when you are showing another major motion picture and much better vibrations in relationship. Are you still having a relationship uh, right now?
3: It's real rocky.
0: Yeah, see, so isn't it funny how when it trines your Venus, you got the power, and when it pulls off, it's like, okay, time to pull back, and that's your life as a constant yo-yo, you know.
2: I'll just sit it out.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's time to do other things. It's time to probably be spiritual, and I'm not saying you won't land a job, you know. Yeah. The, the potential exists, but. Uh it looks like something big happening for this fall. Okay. Good. Thanks a lot, Farley. Thank you and Susan. Thank you, Farley. Bye bye. <laughs> She's so cute. Now we'll go to Maureen, a double sadge. Hi.
4: Hi, how you doing, Farley? Well, hi,
0: sweetie. I've always got along with double sadges.
4: You have. I get along with Libras.
0: <laughs> I think I think double sadges are sexy and warm and affectionate and fun loving and if they don't have a good time they run, you know <laughs> they get out of the room, they run down the street. Goodbye. Good luck. So what can we do for you?
4: I'm in my second Saturn return.
0: Well, your Saturn return's over. It is. Yeah. Once Saturn gets past its birth point in your chart, two degrees past it, it's over, and, and yours has been over for quite some time. Okay. Okay.
4: Okay, well then, what do you see for me in the next couple of months? Because if I'm completely over, then I guess everything should be going on an uphill, right?
0: Right. Why, has things not been going uphill?
4: Well, they're starting to. They were pretty much down about a month ago, and then everything's starting to go uphill now. So I was wondering what you see from me.
0: Are you involved in a relationship? No. Do you want to be? Yeah. Do you attract a lot of the wrong people, like the topic said?
4: Yes, I do. I guess I have a lot of karma, huh?
0: So you can't tell a book by its cover, huh? Right. You think you'd know that by now, right? You probably need need a hill of beans to fall on you next time. My advice here is to be curious about people you wouldn't automatically be attracted to at the beginning. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And these guys will end up being ones that you'll fall in love with. You have Mars and Scorpio right on top of my moon. So, wow, can you get obsessed sexually, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you see something that seems sexy to you. A lot of times doesn't matter anything else that's around. It's like, yeah, it's like looking at Hot Fud Sunday or something. But that's karmic, you know, and a lot of times that type of stuff might not stick as much as you'd like it to. Mm-hmm. But still, uh it's hard to be patient with Mars and Scorpio at 17, that's for sure. As far as your career is concerned, you're shown a lot of creative ideas, even spiritual ideas that you might have had this past couple of years. More recently, the past six months, I think you're a very ambitious girl, right?
4: Right, right. And you
0: want to make a lot of money, but, boy, you spend it quicker than you make it, probably. (laughs) I would never give you credit cards, girl. I'd be broke. The bank would call me and say, well, your wife owes us $17,000. Would she buy a boat? No, she actually (laughs) bought a Carmen Ghia. But anyway, um seriously, you better put a hand. talk about you're really impulsive, aren't you? You're compulsive and impulsive both.
4: Yes, well yeah, very much so. I know
0: you have a bad day and it's like, what do I do? Eat, have sex, go shopping? I don't go know. Go shopping. <laughs> go shopping. I think that you would be happier overall if you learned how to control yourself more and count to twenty and try to step out of your body and objectively look at things you're doing and talk to yourself, talk to your higher self and and discuss things before you, you know, don't let anybody see it, because they might think, what's she doing, talking to herself? But uh, (laughs) you talk to yourself and and check with your higher self before you do things, and that way you might instinctively or intuitively make some proper choices next time.
4: But Do you see any relationships upcoming in the near future?
0: For you? God, there's a long line coming, huh? Are you serious? (laughs) There's a never-ending line of men out there, I would think. Don't you think?
4: Yeah. Well, if you meet the right one.
0: I mean, you've, you've had a few experiences with guys, right? Uh huh. Maybe you should write a book. <laughs> okay, thank you, hi.
4: Thank you, darling.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, darling. Okay, let's go to Angela, the Aries with Virgo rising. Hi. Angela? Hi, Farley. Welcome. Are you nervous? Uh, yeah. Me okay. too. I'm a little, let me sh-
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm an Aries with a Virgo rising. I guess it's 45 degrees.
0: Uh, no, it's the first number.
1: Oh, it's, a uh, 12. Okay. And um, I wanted to talk to you about karmic relationship with myself. Oh, great. I spent 10 years of my life when I was in my early teens taking a lot of drugs and real super, super negative type behavior, kind of like what you were talking about, really looking good, never really, I was very superficial and all that kind of stuff. And then I stopped and I changed my whole life and I've grown spiritually and gotten into metaphysics, but it's been eight years, Uh but I'm still plagued with a lot of, Worries, fears, and anxieties. There's a separation when, inside of me. Like mentally and spiritually, I feel like I'm growing and I can feel it. But physically, there's like a problem. I don't know if you could tell me what's going on inside of me. It's like...
0: Well, let me ask you a question. Hmm. Did you sometimes need to, take, to get stoned on pot or drink booze prior to, let's say, a sexual option? No. Okay, you, you never needed to get in the mood. No,
1: and I'm an artist, too, and I never had to take drugs to
0: do my... my in other job. words, with your Venus and Aries and your Mars and Scorpio, you were always well-fueled for that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't call yourself hung up in that area. No. Okay. Um, I think that because you are born in the 52 area where Saturn was conjunct Neptune and Saturn was square Uranus, a lot of us turning 40 are having midlife transits, but those people born in 1952, particularly around your month, April and May, are going through this Neptune square their Saturn which is like an undiagnosed imbalance. It's like an uncenteredness or a feeling of not being fulfilled and feeling sort of empty or impartial or just not like you've been in the past, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're not going at full power for some reason.
1: I have a lot of worries and, and negative thoughts that enter my head, and I try to keep them out, you know? And I'm wondering if I'm kind of doing a karmic payback for those 10 years.
0: Well, yeah. You, see, your Venus and Aries is uh, is opposed to your Saturn in Libra, and Neptune at 10 Capricorn right now is T-square your Venus and your Saturn, it's not just the, the past 10 years that you're paying back, Angela. I think that in a way you're being asked to be monk-like or celibate-like or more into self-love and self-esteem for all the past lives that you involved in. I mean, th- this is a time for you to really rise up and become a leader and a teacher and a counselor and share with others and hear their feelings and vibrations and not dwell or feel guilty about your own losses or setbacks. Okay. Because you do have a chart of a pure consular and a wizard. Oftentimes, we go to the woods to visit the old lady, the sage, who has the answer, but notice that she's always in the woods in that house by herself, and she's happy about it, and she's strong enough where people can go find her in the woods and sit down at her table and get the information, but once they leave, she's back into herself again, and it's her mission to learn how to be happy and embrace just what she has. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be lonely the rest of your life, but it does mean that part of absolving your karma is sharing some of this light that you've absorbed over the years. First, understanding and identifying that you do, in fact, have the light, mm-hmm. and then emphasizing it by magnifying it, and then reflecting it. Yeah, and, well, and, I do
1: have a really good relationship since I've stopped oh, good. taking the drugs, and this person is a Virgo with a Gemini rising. Mm-hmm. And that's been going good. It's just feelings within myself that has mm-hmm. been
0: problems. Once again, you're another one of those people that needs constant affirmations and visualizations as a behavioral modification in lieu of worry and fear. Okay? Okay. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Sol, a Leo, on line one. Hi, Sol. Hi. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Real good. I'm a Leo, too. Really? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. What can we do for you? Well, basically, I'd just like to find out a little bit more about me, because I really have never done anything like this. Well, the planets, when you were born, the moon was located in the sign of Capricorn, which is a pretty off-the-wall sense of humor. And you have Mercury and Venus in Leo, so you could be pretty bullheaded here and also attract bullheaded women. Then you have Mars in Libra, so you have an innate sense of balance. And even though your life lately hasn't been as balanced as you'd like it to be, it bothers you if things are off-center. You have a lot of personal energy with Jupiter in Aries. You also have a lesson in life concerning goals, directions, and friends with your Saturn in Aquarius. A big question sometimes is, are you really truly happy even though you act like it? Are you really as happy as you act? And sometimes it's no. Then you have Uranus and Pluto in Virgo, so you work hard at what you like doing. And lately you've been going through some kind of a personal crisis here, I think, where if you've been feeling bad, you've been making yourself sick, and it's better to feel better about your life. It protects your health, and you have a normal amount of sexual fantasies with Neptune and Scorpio. Uh It's time for you to send for a chart, Guy. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Okay, it's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. We return weekdays at KFOX 93.5 FM at 12 noon. We'll see you real soon. Weekdays at 12 noon. Have a nice day, and I love you all. Goodbye.